Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Best in Show. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. there woof that is definitely a dog <laughs> it is do you know what breed of dog that is um it is i i do know but i've forgotten the name of it it's on the tip of my tongue it's a commodore commodore otherwise known as a mop dog commodore dog eh come a come a come a come a come a come commodore it uh it reminds me of the um What's it called? There's another dog that looks similar, the Hungarian Puli. Hung- Do you know the Hungarian Puli? Hungarian Puli? No. Yes. Hungarian Puli. You come and do. You come and do. Oh, yeah, that's right. They are spectacular, spectacular animals. Also looks like a mop, but this one comes in black or, or white. Oh. Yes, yeah, it's a multicoloured mop, nice. depending on what you want. <laughs> the Google search. People also ask, are Hungarian Puli dogs aggressive? Fair question. Do Puli dogs stink? That's... <laughs> <laughs> All dogs stink. Exactly, it's a dog. What do you expect? No, it smells like, like a rose on a summer's day. You know, they're making dogs now a bit like scented candles, where they actually smell nice. Scented dogs. Scented dogs. Yeah, this this is going to be our Dragon's Den idea. Scented dogs. Yeah, you know, with with genetic engineering getting so advanced these days, we're going to make it so that dog sweat glands uh, put out lavender yeah. instead. We'll spend the next 20 years or so investing heavily in dog eugenics, and then <laughs> <laughs> presumably Evan Davis will still be presenting the show, and we can go in and be like, hey, yeah, guys, what do you think? And speaking of dog eugenics, this week's movie is about dog breeding. It is. dog shows, yeah. which are dog eugenics. Yeah, Crufts, it's all bad. <laughs> it, it is all bad. Watching Crufts um, and think, oh, that's a nice... I'm watching a little dachshund run around and jump through a hoop. Isn't that nice? No, it's all bad. No, it, it, is, it is genuinely dog eugenics. There's some very bad stuff that's gone on in the history of dog breeding. Um but this movie is a fun movie about about weird dog eugenicists. Yeah, weird weird dog Eugene Levyists. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so this week's movie, best in show. Best in show. You hadn't seen it before. I had not. This is I'd heard many many good things about it, but this is the first time that I'd. I'd so, seen my it. wife has texted me to say Crofts likes to body shame the dogs, and I think that's true. It is true. It is true. <laughs> She's in the other room, but she can hear me. She's the other side of the glass door. Um, so did you s- she might sometimes likes to contribute. Did you see our Prime Minister today body shamed another member of Parliament? No. Yeah. Was this member of Parliament a dog? No. Jacob Rees dog. <laughs> what kind of dog would Jacob Rees Mog be? A really wet and stinky one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Ian Ian Blackford, as he as he normally does, um, t- 
tears tears the government a new one in each and every PMQs. Um, and um, and then today he was talking about the whole cake thing, and Boris cake Johnson gate. said, "Oh, oh well, I I know who's had the more cake here," referring to Ian Blackford being, you know, on the portly side. I think. Um, this is coming from Boris Johnson. I was going to say he's he's not an Adonis himself, is he? No. Um, Boris Johnson, what happens if a hay bale gets the plague? <laughs> And also um, eats a lot of cake. <laughs> like Boris Johnson can never, never discuss someone else's appearance ever. He's no. made his entire, he's made his entire political career out of appearing to be a slovenly oaf. That's yeah. his whole thing. He's portly and jowly because he sometimes rides a bike and gives the thumbs up. He thinks that's enough to excuse him. And you know he's got messy hair, so lol banter. That's funny. The, the, the banter PM. That's what his biopic's going to be called. The Archbishop of Banterbury. <laughs> Banter Boris, as his friends call him. I'm sure. I'm sure some of them have called him Banter Boris. I don't, I don't doubt it. And he's a dog um, man, isn't he? He's a dog. A dog of a human being. And I don't mean that in a good way. I don't mean that he's loyal. I mean that he is stupid and smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but unfortunately, he's not loyal like most dogs. No, no. Um, but this week's movie has some good dogs, though. I think. I think it's fair to say we've got some good dogs in this in this week's film. I think it absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things to take from this week's film. But if nothing else, it's some nice dogs to look at, isn't it? Who is your favourite dog from this film? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. We're, we're I, talking about best in show, by the way. I don't think we've mentioned the, the the name of the movie yet. Another film from the year two thousand. See, I hadn't realised this. It, I knew it was from around the same time as Road Trip, which was last last week's film. But you couldn't get two more different films coming out in the same year, could you? No, no, they're slightly slightly different films. Yeah, this this movie is about dogs. It's about dog breeding. It's about dog dog shows. And who is your favourite dog? You know what? I really like the little Norfolk Terrier that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara have. And when he when he wins and they can't believe it, it's a very it's a very cute moment, isn't it? But I also I find bloodhounds kind of hilarious as well with their big yeah. jowls and their sad yeah. faces. They're quite funny, aren't they? Yeah, bloodhounds are great. The little terrier is great. I like Weimaranas as dogs. Obviously, I don't like particularly like the Weimarana in this movie just because of the characters it's attached to. Yeah. But um but all dogs all dogs have their charms, don't they? Weimaranas are kind of a lean dog, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um the the kind of dog that could potentially body shame someone and just say, well, he's a dick but he's not a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah, I like a Weimarana. They're 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 really nice dogs. They've got nice eyes, haven't the they? The ones I've met have been incredibly friendly, which is why it was funny that the one in this this film was aggressive and miserable. <laughs> it's like the complete opposite of every Weimaraner I've I've ever met. I don't know if I've ever met one. Oh, they're very they're very cute. They've got big floppy ears. I do like floppy ears on a dog. You know how on a Great Dane you can either get the sticky up ears or the the floppy ears. Give me the floppy ears every floppy time. Floppy ears, floppy ears every time. Yeah, for sure. Apart from in the ugly Dachshund, obviously, because nothing but respect for that dog. Which is a film we talked about on this show, isn't we, it? We have talked about. So, so best in show, 
uh christopher guest directs and is one of the one of the stars um it's a mockumentary akin to the other big christopher guest um thing which is spinal tap i think it's fair to say that these are the two biggest things he's done i think so yeah he's he's well known for these kinds of films yeah and there are there are quite a few others as well that people really really like and that that have a bit of a cult following i think but yeah this is probably the second most yeah the other one that's that's sort of well known i'd say um along with spinal tap um and it's um yeah it's 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 great i really enjoyed my time with it because you hadn't seen it before had you? no no this is my first time um and and you know there's, there's not a lot of three roads between this and spinal tap but one thing that i'd say is is true about them is that they both managed to satirize the worlds that they're based in with an awful lot of precision like spinal tap is very much a wonderful satirization of of rock music and and the music industry um and this really gets to the crux of the kind of people that are really invested in showing dogs yeah um so you've got the kind of um the the plucky um sort of lower middle class couple who are like really passionate about it because they love their dog um but they're still slightly obsessed with their dog to a to a worrying extent um and then it goes all the way up to the incredibly incredibly rich people who almost feel as though it's their their right to be able to do dog eugenics and no one to to dare challenge them on that um and so i think you know each of the each of the sort of dogs and their owners really cuts to a different dynamic of 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 really obsessive dog owner in a way that i really enjoyed as someone who who really loves dogs yeah and it, it shows the whole rich tapestry of how dog owners can be whilst also overall just being like aren't these people ridiculous about their dogs but they're all ridiculous in completely different ways which is yeah. really really well done isn't it yeah it's it's um it's incredibly well done i think you know it's a movie where all of his characters feel incredibly well-rounded and and different and it's so rare to get that in a film like this um and and that's really what what pushes it the the, the plot is just dog show there's nothing you know there's no car chase there's no you know there's no romantic struggle or anything like that it's literally we're going to show our dogs and one of us is going to win yeah um there's no there's no bomb threat at the at the stadium no there's almost there isn't really a plot to this film is there there's just a a, a device of off which things hang it isn't really even a story is it no no exactly like i said the story is just we've got dogs we'll show our dogs one of us has won the dog show um and and that's all there is and and you know you have those individual story arcs but really it's 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 not a uh, a film that's kind of pushed by plot which is unlike spinal tap where spinal tap spinal tap does have that kind of redemption arc and those kind of character ups and downs yeah whereas this is much more sort of straightforward and and you know it it keeps a steady pace throughout it feels a lot more refined as a as a direct fake documentary where the kind of pacing and structure is very similar to what you get from a documentary yeah but at the same time 
with with Spinal Tap, you have the device of Marty DeBergi, don't you? And his kind of talking to the band and trying to interview them and asking them questions about, don't you think that's sexist? And he's going, there's nothing wrong with being sexy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Talking about smell the glove. <laughs> Do you remember, by the way, when we were at university, someone put on a night called Smell the Glove at the Student Union and only about six people showed up? I do remember that, yeah. I was one of them. I don't think I was. I don't think I was there for Smell the Glove. But I do remember the it being advertised. Yeah. Was it, was, was it very much Spinal Tap themed? No, not at all. It was just that they weren't playing cheesy pop music, so people weren't interested. It was more like, you know, the kind of nights that me and my buddies used to run down at the cavern. It was just in the wrong venue. Ah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, Smell the Glove. Good name. Very good name. Very good name. But yeah, in in Spinal Tap, obviously, you, you have a bit more of that kind of interview, interviewee dynamic that you get with a lot of mockumentaries, whereas you don't have that in Best in Show. Instead, it's more, yeah, just following all these people around and it's more of an ensemble cast and it's less focused on the turbulent band relationships. It's a bunch of separate people and you see them all come together. And it's actually kind of weird, isn't it, when it gets to the show and the the show party and you see some of them talking to each other and you're like, no, you shouldn't be in the same room. (laughs) This is really odd. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is, um, it is odd in that way, isn't it? It feels more disparate in in a sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, but but I enjoyed it, and I think some of the comedy is really on point. I I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Spinal Tap. Right? Um, do you, Do you think that's because of the subject matter, or do you think it's to do with the execution, or just generally? I mean, obviously, Spinal Tap is Spinal Tap. Yeah, I think it's partly the execution more than the subject matter because I'm a man who loves two things, rock and roll and dogs. So, you know, it, 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 hits, it hits both notes. But Well, that's three things. Rock, roll and dogs, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I like to um, rock, I like to roll, I like, I like to, to dog. dog. <laughs> I do not like to dog, disclaimer. <laughs> no, um, not like that. But, but I think maybe... Spinal Tap for me at least maybe it's because of the structure maybe it's because of the more iconic lines of dialogue um the excellent comedic musical moments as well and the more physical comedy which yeah. was executed incredibly well whereas this is this is purely dialogue character comedy the only kind of physical comedy you get out of this film is the <laughs> That the character literally has two left feet. Eugene Levy's character. Oh, Jeremy. Catherine O'Hara falls over. Oh, that's in true. In a way that it's... is quite funny with how kind of fake and stupid it is. Yes, yeah, but it's not. Um, it's not a yeah. It's it, it's not got that same kind of humor. So it feels a little bit more one note. I think there's less variety in this yeah. film. Um, but I think it feels incredibly authentic, and that kind of authenticity really helps drive the 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 comedy element of it um yeah really it's it's sort of 90 minutes of jokes that are sort of really low-key funny yes yeah exactly exactly you know that there's not necessarily a lot that'll make you laugh out loud but it's got that continuous mirth that i think is possibly harder to pull off than putting in a fart joke every 10 minutes yeah con- continuous mirth that's that should be our yeah that should be what we aim for isn't it continuous mirth <laughs> continuous mirth yeah 
But um, I think as well, from a romantic perspective, as is this show, it's actually a really interesting one because it showcases a lot of different kinds of relationships as well and dynamics between couples and how they interact with their dogs. But that tells you a lot about their own relationships as well, which is really funny. Yes, yeah, there's an awful lot of that going on here. Um, and it works incredibly well. Um, as you know, I, I, I do have a bone to pick with you. A bonio <laughs> some might say. It's a it's a good job because this is a dog film. There are bones <laughs> everywhere. Um is this movie romantic? I really don't necessarily think it is. No, there, it is. There's 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 but bits who and cares? pieces. It's our show and we'll <laughs> we talk can about do, what we want. We'll do what we want. Um but yeah, it is not if you're if you're going into this thinking, oh, a rom com where it's at crafts and two people fall in love over their dogs and their rivals. And so, why does that not exist? Why doesn't it exist indeed? Um like it's it's not that. There's 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 a few you get sort of the long standing romance of a loving married couple. Um, you get um, Jennifer Coolidge and um, oh, what's her name? Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, yeah. Who's uh, the dog's handler. And yeah. Jennifer Coolidge is married to that guy who always plays really, really old wizened <laughs> the, guys. Yeah, the old, 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 old guy from movies. I can never remember his name. Um, you, you get them, them falling in love, but it's not really even a plot point. It's just kind of there. Um and and then you get an awful dysfunctional couple with their Weimarana. Um and so yeah, there's there's no real romance in this movie. Yeah. It it doesn't necessarily fit the big boys don't cry template. I think it's fair to say. No. But at least you're happy for Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, because there's a running joke that she's been with lots of men. And like every time there's a man, he's like, hey, it's you. Do you remember me? We slept together and it was great. Like That's always the running joke. But this leads to one of the funniest moments in the film when they're on their way to the dog show and they stop over at um, some friends. And I think the guy is like her ex-boyfriend or something. And he's been like flirting with her and kissing her the whole time. And then they're at the table and Eugene <laughs> he just says, yeah, how would you like it if I complimented your wife's luscious melon breasts? <laughs> yes, which is very good. Um, the old man's name, by the way, Patrick Cranshaw. Patrick Cranshaw. Um, in all sorts of things. So it was in this. Um was in old school as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the the old man in old school. He was in um, Air Bud Spikes Back and, and Seventh Inning Fetch. Yes, that's where I knew him from. <laughs> um, Hold the phone. Hunt- He's in MVP Most Valuable Primate, which is a film about a monkey <laughs> playing ice hockey, which we've talked about before. And we you know what? Not, his... not as in like we've covered it, we've mentioned it. You know what his final movie was? What? It was Air Buddies. No way. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, he, he loved dogs. So he helped That's... to bring the Air Bud cinematic universe into into the future with um, yes. talking dogs. Because that, that was the first one to feature dogs talking. Was it? Yeah. Right. The okay. Buddies ones, they're all like a group of five or six puppies and they all talk. The Air Buds, the dogs don't talk. No, I know that in the proper Air Bud movies, there's no talking. Yeah. Um, hence why they're so far-fetched. Because how could a dog correctly take on such a tactical game as as, as basketball? successfully yeah without without having that cooperation and 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 language understanding of its of its um teammates obviously so it makes much more sense that they can talk 
Yeah, definitely. And they they don't have annoying children voices or anything. It's all very very normal. <laughs> they don't have they don't have annoying children voices. No. Who who is the cast of of Air Buddies? They they all have you know lovely smooth English posh voices like Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> Joe Pasquale, <laughs> Joe yeah Joe Pasquale Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, who who else has a very obvious voice from Britain? Frankie Boyle. Frankie you get Frankie Boyle, Boyle in there <laughs> playing playing a playing a lab puppy. Yeah, Billy Connolly. Just make them all Scottish. Oh, I'd love that. Scottish talking dogs I can accept. Normal talking dogs, get out of here. Boring. Not here for that. Nah. Um, so yeah, whereas yeah, I can I can get behind uh, I can get behind Scottish talking dogs. Well then it turns out Patrick Cranshaw did a lot of dog films. He he loved dog movies. Um Yeah. He he loved he loved dog movies. Yeah, you'll recognise him. You'll recognise everyone in this film if you haven't seen it. That's the thing. It's, it's a got really, a... really great cast. And half of the people it's like, Oh, it's that person, what do I recognise that from? And the others it's like, Oh my god, it's it's Eugene Levy. It's Parker Posey being incredibly highly strung. It's yes. Fred Willard <laughs> doing the role that Fred Willard always does, which is some kind of announcer. <laughs> I do love Fred Willard in this. Have you have you reached the um the the episode of I think you should leave, um, that 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 he turns up. Oh, I don't think I have. No, I've watched the first the first handful and I really enjoyed them. It's uh, yeah, it's exceptional. He he's just in one sketch and it's it's one of the best ones. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the cast here is fantastic. You got Fred Willard, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Jennifer Coolidge, um, Parker Posey as well, um, unsung hero. Um, Bob Balaban turning up randomly as well. Bob Balaban, um, yeah, excellent name. Yeah, who's always some kind of sort of haughty professor type, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, in Gosford Park, oh for instance, yes, as you know that that fantastic movie. Um, but then, yeah, Christopher Guest is also in it, and as Harlan Pepper, which is a wonderful character name. Harlan Pepper, you stop naming nuts. That's things. I watched this film with my dad when I was a teenager, and that's become one of our family jokes. Yeah. Oh, excellent! Na- excellent. Naming nuts. You just walk into a room, you just go macadamia nut. <laughs> that's extremely good. Um, but yeah, and and everyone in this movie is fantastic, isn't it? Everyone really knows their part. Yeah, and also when um, he turns to ventriloquism, Harlan <laughs> Pepper, I kind of hate it. Because I really hate <laughs> ventriloquism, but it's, you're, you're it's, not a it's fan funny. of ventriloquism. No, I think ventriloquism is really creepy and awful. What do you think of ventriloquism? I can't say I'm a fan. I'm not going to lie. Um, are there any good rom coms about ventriloquism? I hope not, because it would creep me out, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd have to I'm watch gonna, it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little search. I'm going to leave it in my back pocket for when you pick a movie that really annoys me, and then I'm going to bring out the ventriloquist dummy um, rom-com. I thought you were going to say I'm going to go do some ventriloquism now, but I can't see you because we've got our cameras off, so I wouldn't know, would I? I wouldn't know if you had a creepy dummy sitting on your... Bottles of beer! That's what you say when you're a ventriloquist, isn't it? I think it's it's the voice more more than anything else. You think it's more the voice than that ventriloquist dummies are just always creepy. <laughs> well, you've got the you've got the you've got the creepy um you've got the creepy ventriloquism dummy, but then the voice that ventriloquists always put on. 
um, uh, that ventriloquists always put on are are just inherently wrong as well. Because they're talking at the corner of their mouth. I'm a a puppet. Like, again, talk talk like Barry White. Hello, I'm a puppet man. I'm a puppet. And I'm going to make love to you. Yeah, if that was <laughs> ventriloquism, then I'd be fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that that would be great. God bless Barry White. Rest, rest in peace, Barry. Love your voice. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to love his voice, haven't you? Um, oh, I found one. Oh, no. It's called Dummy. Of course. It stars Adrian Brody and Mila Jovovich. What? Is this a horror film? No. <laughs> it's not. Know, it's... I've seen Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm going to leave this in my back pocket at some point for us to watch it. Um, it received mostly positive reviews from critics. Oh, really? Yeah. Feels like a little, looks like a little sort of indie rom com drama type thing. Oh. So yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to see if I can track this down, and then we can, uh, we can watch it, and maybe you'll overcome your hatred of, of ventriloquism. All right, well, keep your stupid ventriloquist film in your pocket. <laughs> there is a, I mean, doll, dolls are creepy, aren't they? Ventriloquist dummy dolls and dolls in general. Um, the um, the person who did The Conjuring, he did a movie before The Conjuring that was about a creepy doll. Oh, really? And then, obviously, that cool? then there was then there was the Annabelle movies, which were about Creepy Doll. Um, but uh, yeah, so James Wan, yeah, he did um, Saw. Oh, yes. But then went on to do Dead Silence, which is about a creepy ventriloquist dummy. Sort of. Dead Silence. Um, yeah. James Wan, who a couple of years ago was attached to the development hell Castlevania film, and then there seems to be nothing happening. But yes, I'm, I'm yeah. still holding out hope. I don't think it's going to happen now, unfortunately. I'd l- I'd love him to do a Castlevania film, um, but if not, give it to give it to Paul Anderson, the good one. Yeah, well, he was the original director. <laughs> he was the person yeah, he was originally the original. attached to the project. Yeah, he was the original person, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, then it fell on James Wan later. But yeah, come on, give it, give it, give it back. Not back not Paul w. Thomas Anderson, whose film no. Licorice Pizza. I keep hearing good reviews of, so we do need to get to that when it's out of the cinema. Paul W S Anderson, <laughs> the Virgin Paul Thomas Anderson versus the Chad Paul W S Anderson, <laughs> director of Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, what a, what a hero. Um. Yeah, I, I would have loved it if he'd been able to make the Castlevania, um, Castlevania um, movie. But yeah, it doesn't sound as though there's, you know, nothing's really been mentioned for about a decade now. Has no, it? no, the, the James Wan thing was like two years ago. Well, yeah, but that's when he talked about it. But there's there hasn't been anything official about the development of a movie for about a decade no it means that someone is sitting on the rights and having like, having a conversation about it once every three years yeah they're going mm, shall we just extend the rights for when we can think of what to do with castlevania yeah and then we'll make some nfts in the meantime yeah yeah because because konami are a terrible company <laughs> that's yeah. all they do 
All they do is just undermine their previous reputation. Um, but there's no NFTs in in Best in Show. It's from Thank a time God before. It's from a time before NFTs. Yeah, but it feels completely timeless, doesn't it? Yeah, this could be a this could be a, a, a satirical takedown of the this year's crafts, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, and and it. it but I think part of that is, you know, there's no there's no emphasis on technology here at all. It's all character or dog yeah. <laughs> related. So why would anything have, have felt felt out of date? You know. Yeah, but um, it's I don't. But it's not a takedown, is it? That's the thing with with a satirical film. Often it is a takedown. But with something like this, you feel like it's it's loving, isn't it? It loves how ridiculous people are about their dogs and wants to just kind of showcase that in a way that's quite. That is fun and playful rather than being like, I'm trying to stick it to these dog people. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not a um, it's not a scathing critique of crafts. It's more of a loving nudge in their direction. Although apparently no actual dog shows would allow them to film. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to make up their own one, which I think says a lot about the insecurity of, of things like the Kennel Club. Yeah, I'd imagine that's very much a closed shop. Yeah, they won't let you in unless you you're solely going to, um, solely going to 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 sing their praises. Even though, did you know Christopher Guest is a Baron? Yes, I did know that. Yeah. He's yeah American British, and yeah he's he had he was in the House of Lords until they abolished the sea, the hereditary peerage. <laughs> <laughs> Which the idea of him in the House of Lords is just I hilarious. know it would have been incredible, wouldn't it? Um, our country is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> And every so often it becomes a little bit less nonsense in one way and becomes a little bit more nonsense in another way. Yeah. That's just that's just the way this nation works. But um, he could have been like, do you not know who I am? <laughs> yeah, Let me into your dog show. I'm a baron. Let me into your dog show. I'm, I'm Baron Von Dog. Baron Dog, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a character from a 90s cartoon, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. D'Artagnan and the... Dog Skateers. What was it? What was it called? Dog, dog Tanyan, Tanyan and the Muskerhounds. Dog Dog Tanyan and the Muskerhounds. Which again, they've made a new film of recently that I want to see. Oh, for God's sake! Just let it die. It wasn't that good to begin with. <laughs> but that's why. That's why I want to see it because it kind of. I knew that it wasn't good, but I loved it because I was five or whatever. <laughs> Everything now is made to appease people that saw something once when they had no critical thinking skills and loved it and now are willing to throw their adult money at something regardless of its quality. That's the that, biggest that, market on earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 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 where our that's where our culture is now. Hey, do you remember this thing from when you were a kid? Yeah, you remember it vaguely? Well, that's fine. Come buy it now. Bye bye bye. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Remember the lie that applying yourself and working hard will get you far in life? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give up on that and now just consume. Consume with the money you've earned from the job you hate and try and forget about your life for 90 minutes whilst we spoon feed you dog tanyan. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably two hours long. <laughs> oh, well, at least, you know, you've got to get an hour of backstory about dog tanyan, don't you? His tragic backstory. Oh yeah, it's going to be like his parents are dead or something. I can't remember <laughs> any of that. Do you reckon the trailer has like a really slow piano cover of the Dog Tanyan yeah. theme tune? <laughs> and then and then the the Hans Zimmer horn starts blaring in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's what we want that's what we want give us a ser- incredibly serious Dogtanian remake please no i think it is actually very faithful to the the source text the three musketeers so <laughs> i can't remember what d'artagnan's deal is but he's probably an orphan right he's this he's the sassy young one that's d'artagnan's deal yeah. you've got the, the the other three musketeers who are the who slightly are old. older slightly older ones and then you've got d'artagnan who comes in and is like what's up i'm hip i'm the poochie this story <laughs> comes in on a skateboard rapping about how it's not cool to do drugs and then stabs a Frenchman. Yeah. That, that, that's how the book goes. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it goes. That's exactly how it was written in 1844. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, speaking of the Three Musketeers, do you remember the amazing Three Musketeers movie from the 90s? Yes. We talked about it during Swash Timber, didn't we? We, did, well, oh, in, we, we did, didn't do an yeah. episode on it, but it was mentioned in passing, I think. Uh, that movie was amazing. That was where, good, um, yeah. Who, who was it? It was Oliver, was it um, Chris O'Donnell played D'Artagnan? It I buckled think. the swash, didn't it? That it film. did buckle, buckle the swash. Um, yeah, you had the, the main three were Charlie Sheen, Keith Savile, and Oliver Platt, weren't they? And then Chris O'Donnell was D'Artagnan. Yeah, and Tim Curry was in it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Michael Wincott as well. Oh, what a movie. I thought you were going to say Michael Winner. I was like, I don't remember that. Ah, <laughs> oh, Michael Winner, maker of terrible movies. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny how it, the the collective consciousness of this country now remembers him for a bad um, An TV TV advert yeah. from about a decade ago, <laughs> instead of um, you know the, the the Death Wish movies that he made back in the day. I've never seen any of them. Have you? Yeah, they're really they're really boring. <laughs> I imagine back in 1974 they were incredibly risque when the first one came out, but um, but yeah, they're they're pretty dull. Um, man becomes a vigilante, shoots some people, and that's that's kind of it. It's it's not particularly, they're not particularly exciting films, um, and that kind of exploitative vigilante movie has been done far better many many times since. Right. Um. So sorry, <laughs> sorry. I know there's going <laughs> to sorry, be Michael huge, Winner. <laughs> I know there's going to be a huge cross section of <laughs> Michael Winner fans and people who listen to this podcast, but yeah, I'm not. They're, they're they're fine, but they're quite exploitative, and they're not particularly. They're 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 nasty little movies that don't really, um, don't really do anything. And if you've seen any recent vigilante movie, they all do it a lot better than 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 than, than Death Wish does. The only fun thing about it is is Charles Bronson getting progressively older <laughs> as, the, as the Death Wish movies go on until at the end he's just like, oh, I wish I was dead. Does the, does the character age with him, like Alan Partridge? <laughs> yes, yeah. I can't remember. Did he do... I think he did Death Wish 5, which was about 20 years after the original Death Wish. Right. Um, and yeah, he, he is clearly done with it at that Excellent. point. Um, which does give it a certain charm, um, to be honest. But yeah, um, but there's there's no vigilantism in this movie. I was glad to see that there's no vigilantism. There's no one who tries no to... No crime. Yeah, no one who tries to undermine another dog. No dogs, um, dog theft, which is a big problem these days. Yeah, nothing like that. They just kind of do it. It's nice. There's they have respect for one another, sort of. Apart from occasionally, people say mean things about other 
other contestants. Yeah, um, Parker Posey's performance in this, I have to say, is perhaps my favourite because they start yeah. off being these sort of highly strung people and they're, they're the opening and closing scenes of the film, aren't they? The bookends of them talking to their therapist and talking about having sex in front of the dog and the position that they were in and stuff. And then obviously you don't know it's a dog, it cuts to the dog. But um, yeah, and the way when they get there, the, the sort of throughout all her scenes, she gets progressively angrier and angrier until she's just like really incoherently angry and exasperated in a way that's really funny. Um, and it's Ed Begley Jr. as the, the hotel manager. And he's like, oh, yeah. she's lost the dog toy and she's yelling at him for no reason. She just goes, you stupid hotel manager. It's so good. And yeah, no, she, I agree. I think, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of acting that I love in this movie. Fred Willard is brilliant. Um, you know, the, the bits where he's in completely steal the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think in terms of one of the main characters of this, Parker Posey really is. Yeah. Gives this kind of energy that really works in the film, doesn't it? Yeah, they've all they've all got good energy, energy and the right energy for their parts, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, and it's um it's pretty much all improvised. There were there was over sixty hours of footage apparently. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. So this obviously is kind of the best iteration of something like that. I think you know I don't know, but I assume that with the process of making something like this, you just shoot over and over and over again until you get something that's funny. And probably most of that sixty hours isn't funny. But there's enough of it in there to make a real gem like this. And I think putting together something like this from that kind of source is a very is a hard thing to do and to make it actually work and seem coherent. So I think it's actually a real achievement from a creative point of view. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I did know that I think the the outline that they were given was only 16 pages long. Yeah. And then and then, you know, it was this heavily improvised work. Um and um and yeah, I think, you know, they clearly, what they must have done is, yeah, film film scenes over and over until they got something that felt right. But then if you think about the sort of structural challenges of them putting that together into a finished product that has that cohesive feel, um, you know, that must have been incredibly difficult to do. And yeah, kudos to to Christopher Guest for, for, for making something so tangible, I suppose, out of, out of a majority improv um uh sort of footage because improv is hard to work with and a lot of it is shit even with incredibly talented people like um the the ghostbusters uh the female ghostbusters movie from whenever that came out a few years ago um that had a kind of hybrid scripted and improv formula as well and what that resulted in was scenes feeling over long and feeling like things missed the mark a little bit whereas here it it works incredibly well doesn't it and it makes everyone feel human um it makes everything feel more vibrant and alive by just letting them do their own thing i suppose yeah for sure yeah so it's uh yeah it, it works it works very well yeah, and that's the thing that Christopher Guest had done before with his previous film, Waiting for Guffman, which I don't know if you've seen. No, no, I've not seen that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's very, it's very funny. It's about the production of a of a musical, and it's a lot of the same cast as with most of his most of his films. And then there's the one that came after was A Mighty Wind, which is about sort of folk music hippies, which is very funny as well. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I've heard that's that's very good. Um, obviously, the fact that the, the name. 
sounds like it's a fart joke is uh is extremely good yeah and it's sandwiched between two fart jokes best in show waiting for guffman <laughs> yes and, um, yeah that's yeah, true a mighty wind and a mighty wind um but yeah no I, it's, a, it's a movie that i've always meant to watch um uh, a mighty wind but yeah never got round to it so yeah maybe that's another one i'll need to check out oh, you've got a lot of um yeah a lot of christopher guest stuff to to discover Yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's some others that I haven't seen. There's um, For Your Consideration, I've never seen, which is another one of his. And Mascots, I have seen. That that I I enjoyed a lot. Mm. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So, you know, he's, he's got a formula, but it works. But it works, yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with having something that works if it continues being um exciting to watch and interesting to watch yeah or with having the same uh, the same actors over and over again and everything i mean it works for wes anderson right um well yes exactly exactly um one thing that he did that i've not seen is apparently he did a a u.s remake of the thick of it oh really yeah and it's only got 285 reviews on IMDb. It came out in 2007. So I wonder if it was just a whether it was a one-off thing for TV or whether it was a pilot that was meant to go somewhere else. But um I did not know about this, but it does not appear on his filmography on Wikipedia in the television section. 2007 mm. has simply one entry for SpongeBob SquarePants. In which he voiced Stanley S. Squarepants and Clem Clam. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, apparently, yeah, Oliver Plapp, weirdly enough that we previously mentioned, played Malcolm Tucker. Oh, in this, okay. In this this adaptation. I wonder if I can track that down. I think I did know about this. I think it was a failed pilot. Yeah, yeah. Because um, when was Veep around? Because yeah, again, surely Veep has been going for a long time, or what? Was I don't know if it's still going, but maybe um, yeah. Veep. I feel like they tried to do this, it failed, and then they did Veep. I think yeah, because Veep came out in 2012, um, right. but then that had Armando Iannucci attached to it, whereas yeah. this this didn't. Well, that's um, why. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I can track it down. Might be worth a watch, or might be definitely not worth a watch, given how a lot of American remakes of UK comedies go. <laughs> the Office definitely being the outlier there. When you think about all the other ones they've tried to adapt and failed. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading Christopher Guest's biography, and it says that on on film he's very funny, but in person he's serious and very dour. And apparently Christopher Guest says, people want me to be funny all the time. They think I'm being funny no matter what I say or do, and that's not the case. I rarely joke unless I'm in front of the camera. It's not what I am in real life. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that I'm pretty much the same. You know, outside of this podcast, I'm incredibly serious. I'm only ever funny if there's a mic in front in front of my face. Out in real life, I just growl at people and bite them. You don't even talk. Too close. No, no, people aren't people aren't worthy of being talked to. Just serious all the time. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, Christopher Guest, I get you. I get it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, is there anything else you want to say about about Best in Show? Um, no, I think we've covered it. I mean, there is with this kind of film, it just kind of washes over you, isn't there? There's not loads of like there isn't a massive in depth plot we can talk about or anything. It's all very. 
it's a very very funny mockumentary that's quite short it's you know it comes in under 90 minutes but it's really really brilliantly and expertly um, executed and dogs are nice and very very funny but the the most important thing to me is that it's it is loving towards its subject matter and towards dogs and towards the people that it shows you know it doesn't make a grotesquerie of anyone but it does still send them up and Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara at the end recording songs about terriers is extremely funny it is yeah that's incredibly good and I love the the album art they've got yeah um, it's got it's called beg for it tape. yes exactly yeah. it's it's extremely good um yeah so yeah I, I I really like that and I think they chose the right people to win as well didn't they i think yeah definitely because there's yeah there's a whole it follows their it follows their story perhaps a tiny bit more than the others and they um they get there and their their credit cards maxed out so like they have to stay in the broom closet and stuff so you you feel like they're down on their luck yeah yeah exactly you know they're the ones with the biggest challenges to come through um and so yeah it, it works well it works really well yeah, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I I could watch it any time. I think it's one of those films you could always put on and just let it just let it wash over you. It doesn't demand loads of your attention. It's not complex, but it's it's very funny and enjoyable. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I also think really if you haven't seen it, obviously, Spinal Tap is is classic and is really really famous. But I think this is a good point of entry into Christopher Guest's mockumentary films as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. Both of them would work. Um, uh, both of it would work incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Go watch it. So if you've never seen any of them, yeah, jump right in with this one for sure. Yeah, both this and Spinal Tap are both excellent sort of starting points for for that kind of comedy, aren't they? Yeah. If you think it's funny to call a town Pine Nut, and then for the guy to be talking <laughs> about naming nuts because they lived in Pine Nut. And that kind of like vaguely absurd humour, then I think you'll 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 enjoy it. Yes, yeah, for sure. So I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Um, so Fred Willard, he was specifically instructed by Christopher Guest to not do any research on dogs. Um, <laughs> Excellent, which is great. Um, whereas whereas Jim Piddock, who's the other dog, had to do a lot of dog research, so his character would appear. He's the other dog. He's the other dog. Um, yeah, two the, dogs. Yeah, the, the other um yeah the other um what's it called uh announcer commentator announcer commentator MC. judge whatever um uh but uh, yeah the fred willard he shot his his part in a day and a half as well which is great you know it just came in that's great just completely completely stonked it and 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 was out of there um parker posey actually got real braces for her character to wear wow um which is dedication yeah and uh and yeah, they uh, then just one last bit. So uh, we've already talked about it being improvised and everything like that. But um, but yeah, when the uh, when the manager of the hotel is showing the various cleaning products, he mentions a rock band trashing their room and roasting a goat. Oh yeah, and of course, this is <laughs> Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is which is great. A nice little nod that they're in the same cinematic universe, the guest cinematic universe, <laughs> um, the Guffman so, yeah. cinematic universe. <laughs> exactly right so how are we gonna how are we gonna rank this uh let's see well how how many dogs are up for best in show at your dog show 
so I'm going to give it 15. It would be higher, but there's no romance, and I can't justify giving it a higher score than that. You can't justify that. No romance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go. A, I'll go up to 17 then on that basis. So I won't give it the full lot. But there's nothing that I think is wrong with it. It's so no, it's, no. It's a great movie. It's a, a movie full of very, very good boys. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 not romantic, so I can't I can't give it higher than that. And it's a, it's a good film for these times, which are difficult and weird times. So you know, it's a dog film from twenty two years ago. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so so what, have next... you, what have you got for us next? I assume we're sticking with the year two thousand because that seems to be. <laughs> <our thing. laughs> right yes, now. I did. I did pick out a couple of films from the year two thousand. Um, did you actually? Um, I yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we've got a bar or a rehab center. Those are my two locations. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Is this a a bar you go to to drink? Yeah, it's not, it's not, not where like barristers an hang out. Bar. Right. It's, it's not where the barristers hang out. It's a, it's a bar where you drink. Yeah, I'm going to choose the bar. All right. In that case, I think you've chosen well. We've got Coyote Ugly. Oh, okay. Yeah, Interesting which one. Which also came out in the year 2000. I have seen um, do you, do you half of this you... film inappropriately shown to me by an English teacher who was fired at the end of the school year. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Coyote <laughs> Ugly. It's certainly an appropriate movie to show to kids. Um, do yeah, you want to know what the other one old. was? That you could have got. What? You could have had 28 Days, the Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, but not, neither have I. But, it, you know, I felt like we needed to do something rom- rom-com, romance-related next. So, but yeah. So, yeah, Coyote Ugly. Exciting. I've not watched this movie in years. Sweet. Uh, yeah, again, an absolute I... absolute jam of a, of a main song. And I think I might have seen half of it on TV once, but I've definitely never seen all of it. Um, you know, you know the song, don't you? you? Can't fight the moonlight. Yeah, yeah, that's a banger. Who's Absolute that by? Jam. Um, Leanne Rhymes, wasn't it? Of I course, think. yes, you're right. That song was everywhere, wasn't it, at the time? Yes, yeah, absolute jam. So yeah, this is exciting. Looking forward to a bit of Coyote Sweet. Ugly. Yeah, that's that's different enough, but still within the same wheelhouse and of the time. So that's good. Yeah, I think we should keep the 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 Millennium Train rolling. <laughs> We've got the Millennium Bug. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you watched Best in Show, I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it, please go and check it out because it's very funny. Um, there's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. You can get us on email, bigboysdon'tcrowpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at bigboysdon'tpod. And we will be back next week to talk about Coyote Ugly. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woof. Woof, woof.